Isn't the Lord good? Amen, amen, amen. Our youth will be dismissed to their class today. We're going to get into the word of the Lord and see what God has in store for us this morning from his word. Mark chapter 2, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me today. We are so thankful for the prayers of so many of you that have contacted us this week, letting us know that you're praying for Gentry. Now that he is, this mo- as of this morning, uh, in the early parts of the morning, since they are eight hours ahead of us, they completed their national youth conference there, and uh, he has about three days off before he is traveling about seven hours north of Nairobi, where he will be preaching a three-day Holy Ghost crusade. And so they went in and uh, to have their uh, event, their youth event, and they filled up the building and had to get a tent and set a tent up because they did not have room. The building they had would seat about 250 people, and they packed that building completely out with no room left. They set up a tent, and it grew to about 400 people that were there, and they had 90 receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the four days of the youth conference. 68 people came forward and said that they had been healed of a physical condition that God instantly and miraculously healed them and 12 I believe it was was baptized in Jesus name at a conference so wonderful things are happening and we are thankful for your prayers and of course above all the gentry safety Uh, I didn't say a lot before he left because I didn't want to be an alarmist but there is a lot of unrest and the particular area where he is he is only a few miles away from uh, Eastleigh, which is the east southeastern portion of Nairobi, where a lot of terrorist attacks and this sort of thing has been taking place, uh, where ISIS and other groups um, have moved into and are persecuting the Christians in a major way there. And so obviously, uh, as a pastor, you want to see him succeed and want to know that God's work must go on without fear. But as a father, uh, you're praying every day for his safety as much as you are for the blessings of God on what he is doing. And uh, he has ran into a couple of situations and the Lord gave him wisdom and how to encounter them and he handled them. Uh, Not so sure he wasn't a bit nervous. Let's see, since the phone was ringing at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and 4 a.m. That might mean he was a little nervous, but uh, the Lord has still been using him and great things have happened. Thank you for covering him in prayer, and I appreciate it so very much, and I know he does. He called me just before I came uh, out of my office this morning, and he said, let everybody know I'm still alive, praise God, and I'm going to the most dangerous place that I can possibly go to. So, uh three more days of this, and he said, we're believing that God's going to pour out his spirit, and they had been praying and believing in Nairobi that God was going to fill 200 people with the Holy Ghost. They are, uh, that's just a goal that they had set. The missionary told him that this was the largest crowd that they've ever had at any one event, 
And this is the largest number of people that have ever received the baptism of the Holy Ghost at any event that they have had. So God obviously is pouring out His Spirit in these last days for there to be a mighty revival and a harvest of souls. So thank you. And to those of you that sponsored and helped him financially be able to go, thank you. Uh, Your contributions and your gifts have certainly affected the eternity of many souls. So God bless you. Matthew chapter 2, if you have your Bible. Begin with verse number 1. I'm going to read a little bit of the Christmas story and We are moving into the Christmas season, and so I'm going to preach uh, a bit of a message this morning with a Christmas tone uh, to it, but it's going to uh, hopefully speak to your life in a real way this morning. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen this star in the east, and we are come to worship him. Of course, we know that the purpose and the reason for the request was quite different than the intent. But verse 11 says, And when they were coming to the house... They saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gold, gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. I want to talk to you a little bit today about the journey of wise men. The journey of wise men. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for your word and for this wonderful season of Christmas. I pray today, Lord, as I speak what you have laid upon my heart for this hour, Lord, that some heart that is here this morning would be touched in a special way. Lord, that you would draw us to you like never before and that the wisdom of Scripture would come alive in our life, O Lord, and that it would speak into our hearts and give direction for our future. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Please be seated. Christopher Columbus set sail on a journey. It was a journey to find a shortcut to Asia, but it turned out much differently than what he had originally anticipated. Columbus's journey was a deliberate journey. It was a journey of purpose. He had good reason for his journey. He had made a decision. It was a conscientious effort. It was a valid reason for him to set out on his journey. But actually his journey did not accomplish the purpose that he had set out to accomplish. Rather, his deliberate journey caused him to end up finding much more than he ever set out to find. For he discovered the new world. I don't really know what it may have been that caused you to want to get out of your easy chair on a Sunday morning and make coffee early and get ready and come to church so that you could be here on a Sunday morning. 
I would guess if I asked you, there would be many reasons. Some would say, I came because it's church time, and that's just what we do in my family. Others may say, I came out of obligation. Some would say, I came because I choose to be faithful to the house of the Lord. Some would say, I came because somebody was pressing on me to come. Maybe some came today because you, you needed to connect with somebody here. Maybe, they're, maybe you have lunch plans afterward. That's sounding pretty good about now. Whatever purpose and reason that you have, without a doubt, may be a very valid reason for you to want to be here today. And whatever it was that brought you here and got you to come to the house of the Lord today is a, is a valid point. You, you, you can have your own reason for being here and it and really doesn't matter uh, the purpose that you came as long as you're here. But I want to extend that a little further and say much like the journey of of. Christopher Columbus, you're, you're showing up here this morning. I'm, I'm, I've been in prayer all morning that the Lord would give you more than what the reason is that you showed up here today. That maybe you came for a particular purpose, but God wants to send you out with something greater. Columbus's journey at its inception was a journey of faith. He was, he was seeking to find a shortcut. It was He had mapped it out. He had thought it through. And he had said, hey, let's, it's a discovery. Let's go see what we can find. He, be, he believed he could accomplish what he set out to accomplish. But little did he know that his adventure would end up changing the face of the world as we know it today. But without faith to believe that his voyage was going to be possible, he would have just stayed at home and said, there's really no reason for me to even set out because there is no possibility but because there was something in him that said there is a possibility, it came to pass. But more than what he had bargained for came to pass. It began as a journey of faith, and it ended with a discovery that was mind-boggling. All journeys require a certain element of faith. I hope this morning that I can press upon you in a very short message that I intend to preach today. That what God wants to do in your life may be greater than what your intent is for your own life. Many men and women chart their, the course of their life and say, this is where I'm going and this is what I want to accomplish and this is what I want to be. But it could be this morning that you, by coincidence, happen to bump into a, to a real discovery of something that you never expected to experience that could happen in this house this morning. I wish somebody in this room would begin to believe with me today with faith that God could reach out and fill somebody with the Holy Ghost that's never received the Holy Ghost before. That somebody today could come and could find healing in their body that they have never ever been able to find before. That you could, you could get to know the Lord in a way this morning that you have never known Him before. Maybe you showed up for your own reason, but could it be this morning that our Heavenly Father has a, has a better plan and a bigger plan for your life? Could it be that God wants to reach down and saturate somebody today, bless somebody today, strengthen somebody today, heal somebody today, deliver somebody today? He can do it. I want to make some correlations this morning between the wise men's journey and our journey to the house of the Lord. 
First of all, the wise men's journey was a journey of faith. They had come from afar off by faith. I want to just preach in some little highlights through this text this morning, if I may, to remind you that it doesn't matter how far you are away from God. You can come from a long, long ways away. You can be coming from afar this morning, but you can still get to Jesus. There is nothing that can keep you from getting to Jesus. No circumstance, no situation, no obstacle can keep you from getting through to the Lord today. Can I tell you this morning that your heavenly Father loves you, cares about you, is concerned about you, and if you'll allow Him today, He will reach down and touch you like you cannot imagine. He can send healing to you. He can send hope to you. He can send help to you today. A wise, the wise men's journey was a journey from afar. It's amazing to me what keeps people away from God and keeps people away from church. People let all sorts of things keep them away from God, keep them away from the church. I've heard people say, I'm not going to church because there are hypocrites in the church. Well, of course there is. There's hypocrites at the bar too. I've heard people say, I'm not going to church because there's people with bad attitudes in that church. But I was at the mall the other day and I ran into a lot of people with bad attitudes. I've heard people say, I'm not going to church because I don't necessarily like what is being delivered. I, I don't like what we're being fed. But you know what? I've been to restaurants before and I, I didn't care. I didn't care for the food that much. But I didn't keep, you know, look at me. It didn't keep me from going back. It's amazing what keeps people away from the church and away from God. It's failure from the past. It's a hurt that won't seem to go away. They just haven't been able to seem to be able to find forgiveness. They feel like they're trapped in a land that's a long ways away. They're, they feel like they're so far away from God that the journey from afar would be a journey that is greater than what that they would ever be able to take. They have to take a journey from afar and they must make a journey of faith. Can I tell you this morning that no matter how far you've wandered away from God, that there is a road that still leads back to Him. Can I tell you this morning that no matter where you are in life, that there is a road that will lead you back to God. No matter how far you've wandered away from grace, I come this morning to remind you that there is a road that will lead you back to Him. I come this morning to tell you no matter where you are in life and what you've done and how bad you've messed up or where you are or even how close you feel you are to Him, there is a road that still leads to Him and no man can get to heaven except by Him. What was it that drove the wise men on their journey? They, they were convinced that they were led by God. They were convinced that they were led by God. They were convinced that the star in the east meant something to them more than just another star shining so brightly. It was something that was spectacular. They they were convinced that they were led by God. If I could somehow convince you this morning that your being here in the house of the Lord was more than just showing up because you're faithful on a Sunday morning. 
If I could convince you this morning in this house at this very moment that your being here was more than coincidence, but on this December morning in 2015 that God ordered your steps and brought you to where you are. If I could convince you this morning that you were here by the ordained will of God that He has put you here, placed you here at this moment for this particular time and this season of your life, I want to tell you if you would get convinced of that and if you would know that your steps are being ordered of the Lord, I can tell you that you would leave here differently than the way that you came. Noah spent 120 years building an ark because he was convinced that he was led by God to build an ark. This is a man that built an ark who had, get this, he had never seen a rainstorm. He had never seen a thunderstorm blow through. It was completely a mission of faith. He went against popular opinion because he was confident in faith. Think about the kind of faith it must have taken for Noah to begin to build an ark when nobody had ever seen a flood. I mean, if we talk about building an ark today, you're, you're like, you know, yeah, a big boat, sure. I mean, do you live down next to the creek where it floods? Do you live near the river where it floods? We've seen these big torrential rains that have come and swollen the, the rivers out and caused flooding in different areas. Of course, we can understand turning your house into a boat. We could somehow perceive the idea, but since it had never rained upon the earth, the water came from the ground. It came only as dew that would fall, and it came up from the ground to water the plants. There was no such thing as a cloudy day. Did you ever think about that, that Noah starts constructing an ark when he had never, ever witnessed a, a summertime thunderstorm with 70 mile an hour winds? He went against popular opinion. People mocked him. They made fun of him. They said it was not possible, but I come this morning to remind you that it does not matter what people say about your life. What matters is what God says about your life. People may say your situation is beyond God, but I come today to remind you that your situation is not beyond God because the things that are impossible with man are still possible with the Lord. I want to remind you today that there are things that you can't do and I can't do, but God can still do it. God can fix anything. God can heal anything. God can make a way out of no way. When we can't, God still can. Somebody needs to have the faith today to know it's not by coincidence I'm here today. God is wanting to do a work in my personal life. Noah was ridiculed because of his faith, but he was not detoured. Abraham went out with faith not knowing where he was even going because the Lord said, go out by faith. And Noah, the, the, the scripture said, Abraham went out by faith not knowing the land for which he was to go. Later that God was going to speak the direction to him. There are some things that you've got to just step out by faith. The problem with the human race in this generation is that we want God to explain the end from the beginning so we can rationalize it and figure out what we're doing. I talk to a lot of people. 
that say to me, Pastor, I want to start serving God. And I'm going to. I'm going to get my life right. I'm going to, I'm going to get my, my life in order. I'm going to start serving the Lord just as soon as I get these things fixed in my life. Just as soon as I graduate from college. Just as soon as I retire from my job. Just as soon as you know, we get over this family slump. Just as soon as this financial thing is behind me, then I'm going to turn my life to the Lord. Just as soon as I get my health back, I'm going to turn to the Lord. And we seem to go through our entire life always thinking of as soon as I get to the perfect time, I'm going to serve Him. But I want to tell you today that if you're looking for the perfect time to serve the Lord, you're never going to get to a point with human reasoning that you understand the end from the beginning and it all makes sense. You're going to have to take, you're just going to have to be at the end of that diving board. I don't know about you, but, but, but I, I, I love water. I like to swim. But, but there's just that moment, you know, sometimes I'm on the end, on the edge of that diving board and, I, you know, you're ready to jump in and that little, that little sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach, it's 15 feet down to that water. I've done a little cliff jumping and, you know, we keep going a little higher where we're diving off into the water. And, you know, I get up about eight feet. This is plenty high enough for me, fellas. I'm good. And we get on up about 20, 25 feet, and I'm thinking, no way, I'm not doing it. And I'm standing there, and finally I'm like, I don't know why in the world I'm doing this. I'm, I guess I'm trying to impress my buddies. But here we go. And I dive in and cover my head because I'm thinking, Lord, have mercy. I'm a pretty good-sized fellow, and I'm going to go deep. I hope there's no rocks there. How about we just jump into serving the Lord by faith? What if somebody would just say, I'm going to quit trying to figure it out and rationalize it and work it out in my mind, but I made up my mind that I'm going to just I'm going to jump in at the deep end and say, God, now you're going to help me. Let me tell you something. When you make up your mind to take a step of faith to serve the Lord, all the things you're wanting to work out in your life, God will help you work them out. It'll all come together and work out to the good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. Stop waiting to serve God. Stop rationalizing it and figuring it out in your mind take a step of faith, step out and say I'm going to start serving him right now I'm going to start serving him today I'm going to let God work out the details of my life that I've been trying to sort out for years, take a step of faith and go out by faith the wise men went out by faith on a journey following a star But what they found in the end made the journey worth everything. Now let me move a little further into this text this morning because a wise man's journey is a journey of sacrifice and of worship. Matthew chapter 2 verse 11 says that when they were coming to the house that they saw the young child with Mary his mother. And there was a response to meeting Jesus. The Bible says that they fell down and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Can I come this morning to you with this simple little message? And tell you that a wise man's journey, even in this day, is still a journey of faith. It's still a journey 
of sacrifice and of worship. Your journey to the Lord is a journey that when you find Him, something within you is going to want to cry out. They fell down and they worshiped Him. When you truly meet the Lord like you've never met Him before, something within you is going to begin to want to worship Him. You're going to begin to want to cry out to Him in a way you've never cried out to Him before. You're going to reach out to Him in a way you've never reached out to Him before. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just to get in His presence and you just want to let Him know, Jesus, I love you. Lord, I worship you. God, I praise you. And something in your heart begins to long to worship Him. And the Scripture said that they opened their treasures of, and presented to Him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But I want to tell you this morning that when you begin to worship the Lord, that the treasure of your heart is what He's really looking for. And when you offer unto Him a sacrifice of praise, when you offer unto Him your treasure of your worship, of your prayer and of your praise, and when you begin to magnify Him, and, 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 and you begin to worship Him, it's going to cost you something. It is a, it is a journey of sacrifice and it is a journey of worship. What God really wants is the treasure of your heart. A wise man's journey is also a journey that ends in change because you cannot meet him and leave the way that you came. You cannot meet him without there being a change in your life. The scripture says that they went home a different way. Maybe in the text it might have meant that they traveled a different road. Yes, it did. But I want to tell you that you could leave here this morning traveling a different road. You might still get in your car and drive out the driveway, but I came this morning to tell you that when you meet the Lord, that you'll leave here differently than you came. They went home a different way. Matthew 2 and 12 said, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their country going their own way. But I want you to know this morning that when you meet Jesus, it'll change everything in your life from that moment forward. The plans you have for this afternoon will feel different. What you have planned in your mind for next week and next month will be different because meeting the Lord can change everything in your life. There could be change this morning in somebody's life. But here's the problem. The problem is we're so familiar with him. We're so familiar with his story. We're so familiar with the passage that I talked to you about. We're so familiar it's just another redundant message that pastor's preaching today. It almost seems as if we're filling another slot. It's just another moment. It's just another message. But I want you to know that when we connect with the Lord, that our attitude and our spirit would be different. Because when we connect with Him, ladies and gentlemen, there is something in your spirit that changes. It'll change the atmosphere of everything in your house and in your life. This week as our son has been traveling and we've been covering him in prayer, several times this week we have found ourselves Breaking into a few moments of prayer. I woke up yesterday morning and I heard my wife crying out from the other room and I thought early in the morning and I thought the worst had happened and 
I heard her and I heard her broken voice and it sounded like she was, I thought she was on the phone with somebody and I heard her crying. I thought something was wrong. I dove out of the bed and went running through the house to get to where she was as I heard her broken voice. But when I went in the room, I didn't find her just in the room talking on the phone to somebody. What I found was her in the room talking to the Lord. And I found her broken, her, her broken words as she began to cry out to the Lord and plead for the hand of the Lord to be upon the service and be upon gentry and upon the work that he was doing there. And then I realized that he was actually on speakerphone and was praying on the other end. There was something that happened. And that very moment I couldn't help myself but tears began to flow and I immediately fell into prayer with them. We began to pray and call on the name of the Lord. But I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. When we connect with the Lord, it changes the atmosphere of the whole room. It, it, everything in your future will be different when you connect with the Lord. You know, sometimes our greatest problems is that we pray prayers, but we don't really connect with heaven. Some of our greatest things, our greatest issues in life is that we never really meet Him. We get near to where He's at, but we never really walk into the room of where He's at. We never get on location with Him. We never open our treasures. We never really get to where He is. I want to tell you this morning, it would be a lot of wisdom in what I'm preaching today for some of us to go beyond the surface of just saying, I showed up to church today, but would you want to get on location with Him? Would you want to break through to where He's at? Would you want to break open the gifts this morning? Would you want the treasure of your heart to be open to Him today? Would you want to really communicate and connect with Him this morning so that His glory and His power would be able to be poured out in this room? That somebody in the house today would be able to be touched and blessed and their life could be changed? Would it be possible this morning that there would be somebody in the house that would be serious enough about touching the Lord that you would break out of the ordinary break out of the routine and say I got to get on location with God this morning there is something great he wants to do in the house there's something great he wants to do in the house it's your message this morning it's your message today I preached what the Lord has laid up on my heart and I close this morning to tell you that if you need change in your heart if you need change in your life if you need to leave here differently than you came it's up to you. Whatever you choose to do this morning, how you choose to respond to this message, it is completely up to you this morning. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of wisdom in the events of the wise men. I know it's cliche sounding today because everybody's used it, but wise men still follow Jesus. Wise men still Go to where he is. What kind of wisdom will you use today? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed right where you are. Lord, I pray for courage. On every heart, the heart of every believer in this room this morning. Lord, for I cannot know the heart of man, but you know the heart of man. I cannot know what goes on, Lord, in their hearts and in their spirit, but you know. And I pray, Lord, that you would break through the surface this morning. And that every heart and every life in this room may be touched by the power 
of the Almighty God. And we thank you for it. I opened these altars this morning, and if there would be some in the house that would like to pray, if you would like to step forward this morning, and if you don't know him and the power of the Holy Ghost, I invite you to come today. Maybe you need change in your life, and you would like to just step from where you are and say, I'm coming to the Lord this morning. I open these altars for you today. God bless these that are already moving. Nobody's looking around today. Nobody's staring at you as you make your way forward. You can leave here differently than the way that you came. It's up to you. It's up to you this morning how you respond. We still have time. I'll delay just a few more moments today as you're making your decision. Would you like to come this morning? Would you like to pray today? this morning if you would like to come and join these that are here today there's some that have come forward for prayer today could our altar workers and prayer warriors come pray with these that are here in the altar this morning everything I give to you could this song be your prayer today withholding nothing
Come on, church, let's turn this house into a prayer room for a few moments. Let's turn the house into, the, into a prayer room today. There's souls at stake this morning. There's people seeking the Lord today. Let our worship, let our worship out this morning. Create an atmosphere for the Lord to work and move today. Say 